When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win two hospitality tickets to West Ham's Premier League game against Leeds at the London Stadium on January the 16th. Tickets are just £9.95 each, just £39 will be sold, which really does give you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Monday the 10th of January and the winner will be drawn an hour later live on Football Prize's Facebook page. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Tony Cotty, Saeed Benrahma, Jared Bowen and Vladimir Soufal for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Happy New Year to each and every single one of the We Are West Ham podcast listeners. Thank you for bearing with us. Very sorry that the first podcast of the new year is probably a little bit later than we'd planned. We had some, uh, yeah, life just got in the way a little bit this week in the way of our plans. It was mainly my fault. So uh, if you're grumbling at both of us uh, at home while you're listening to this divert any negative energy away from James. It was mainly me. Um, West Ham, since we last spoke, have scored nine goals in three games, losing 3-2 at home to Southampton, thrashing Watford 4-1 at Vicarage Road and making a 3-2 win at Crystal Palace far harder than it had to be. Six points from a possible nine. Not a bad return in what is rapidly becoming classic West Ham fashion. We've done it a little bit. Forgive me the French so early into the new year, but arse about face, losing that home game and then seven goals in two games away from home. All in all, we're still fifth in the Premier League. That seems to be about our level this year. We're still through to the last 16 of the Europa League. We're, of course, out the Carabao Cup and we've got Leeds United at home this week in the third round of the FA Cup. But before we get on to all of that stuff, I'm delighted to say that joining me again for this podcast and for this new year is my pal, James Jones. Jonesy, how are you, mates? Great to see you again. Happy New Year to you as well, of course. Uh, six days into the new year, we sit down. Um, before we do the football, how are you? How was your break? Uh, fill me in on everything that I've missed. 
Happy New Year, mate. It's good to good to see your face again. Um, I was half expecting you to postpone another day after after this week's antics. Oh, can we do tomorrow now? Can we do tomorrow? But no, it's good to finally <laughs> good to finally get it done. And um, yeah, no, it was good. It was it was it was nice. The first first Christmas with a little one where he's been a little bit more aware of what's going on. So um, mm. just like his birthday, loads of presents. No idea where I'm going to put them all. Um, and <laughs> did you yeah. have to build as many of these ones? Uh, no, but one parenting tip and one thing I've learned very quickly is make sure you're prepared with the batteries. Yeah. I yeah. Um, I made a big boo-boo with, with what well, I bought the wrong batteries um, and then kept forgetting to buy the actual batteries for, for this particular toy. Um, and finally did it about two days ago. So, um, yeah. The moment's gone then, isn't it? The moment's gone. Um, he did, he enjoyed it for about a minute and then was just like, nah. Probably uh, underwhelmed. Yeah, yeah. So, what was uh, it out of interest? It was a Hot Wheels car track thing where it fires oh, the car. You were telling out. me about this before, weren't you? Yeah, but um, opened up on Christmas Day, really excited to give it to him. Thought, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Finally get it because it's meant to be for his birthday, but um, the one I bought him didn't work. Um, finally opened it up <laughs> yeah. and um, opened up the batteries. Went to put the batteries in and realised I bought the wrong batteries for it. Um, so cool. and well, I, only got, I only got around to doing it about two days ago, and by then, as you said, the moment's gone. Hmm. But I had fun with it. It's great, great. Well, that's all that matters, really. Well, that's was, what Christmas is about, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah, I was sitting there playing, playing with it on my own, and Lucy walks in and goes, "Oh, you're right there." I was like, "Yeah, I bought this one for me, not him." Like, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't um, you see yeah. the tag to James from James? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's all good. It's all good. But um, happy days, about, mate. Enough about me, mate. I'm more. More concerned about how the uh, how the duck went down on Christmas Day with you, mate. Oh, mate, don't! What an absolute calamity! Right. So first of all, uh, <laughs> we had I had some support uh, on Twitter after the show. Uh, one of the guys got in touch, one of the listeners, and said, "Yeah, Will Duck, absolutely fantastic shout! You're right. Turkey's a bit dead. Um, I'll definitely be uh, getting a duck in for next year. So yeah, yeah, fair enough." Um, Mate, the, the whole thing was an absolute palaver. So my ethos, um, and I'd just like to say, Jonesy, before we uh, move on, how glad I am that we're starting the first podcast of the new year with very minimal football talk for the first period it's again. A new I know trend, people I love like it. that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, got it out the day before. Uh, I told you I was hosting, didn't I? Mum and dad come round, my sister and her fella. Um just a nice little quiet small one, but uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Got the meet out on Christmas Eve like I was supposed to. In fact, even on the 23rd, just to make 100% sure it was double um, defrosted in the fridge. All good. The turkey joint and the duck joint in there. Uh, anyway, comes to Christmas Day and then it's all just kicking off. There's a few comments when my mum and dad arrived on Christmas Eve. My dad's a bit of an old curmudgeon, a bit of an old traditionalist. Oh, I don't know about ducks. What are you talking about? It's like it's not with pancakes and plum sauce. It's like not how you've had duck before. It's going to be different. I even bought the ingredients for orange sauce as well. Um, so anyway, there's like they were laying the mum less so, but dad particularly like laying the groundworks for. I really, really don't want this to ruin Christmas, and his mood was ruining Christmas for me. And uh, yeah, so anyway, Christmas Day swings around. Uh, sort of got into it a little bit late. Like I had a bit of a late breakfast at like 11. Sat down, did presents and stuff in the morning, as we always do. Um, that was all nice. And then, so anyway, we've had the breakfast. We've sort of rested up a bit. Everyone's like had a shower and got ready. 
So me and mum were like, mum was helping me out with the cooking. Uh, we're like, right, she's chomping at the bit. I'm like, oh, relax. We're having a relaxing Christmas. It's all, all, all okay. Finally got the oven on. And then it came to her. I was like, right, are we doing this or not? Are we having turkey or duck? And you could tell none of them wanted to take the risk. And I just then didn't want to be the one who insisted on, on the duck. And I was like, right, okay, fine. But we're doing one or the other because both is too many. I was like, if you're going to be traditional, it's fine. We'll go turkey. Ducks defrosted. I was going back to um, like my family home in a couple of days after Christmas. So I was like, sweet, take the duck home. We'll do it at yours like in the between Christmas and New Year. Happy days. Anyway, so dad turkey. Dinner was smashing on Christmas Day, by the way. No grief with that whatsoever. Absolutely wonderful effort by me and my mum. Went down very well with all parties. So that was brilliant. Um, I didn't get back to my, my family home in Essex quite as soon after Christmas as I was hoping. I was planning on going the day after Boxing Day. Didn't get down to the 29th work got in the way, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> by that stage... The duck had been defrosted for about four to five days by then. So got around. The first night we went out around a fam- like for a family Christmas do. Didn't have a chance then. Next day it was the 30th. Uh, then it was a bit like, oh, I'm not, not really sure. It's like borderline. The next day was my mum's birthday. The last I saw of it, mate, was when I left my family home to come back to my flat on New Year's Day. And it was definitely 100% off. I saw it in the bottom right corner of the fridge uncooked defrosted a very very weird color bit of an iffy smell coming out of it absolute tragedy mate to be quite honest so in short the duck was never duck it just never it never happened it was a it was a word that rhymed with ducked yeah 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 that's what it was mate i know yeah you're right sorry that i know i appreciate it was a long version of it yeah in short after all the build-up we didn't even eat it not even, not even, not just not on Christmas Day, just never. See, I would have just whacked it in the oven with a turkey. Oh, mate, don't, at least, don't. at least then, at least then, if it's cooked and no one eats it, you could, you can save it. You can take it over to your family home and you can have it. I don't know, in sandwiches, duck sandwiches, I think. I okay, don't know. no, yeah, duck sandwiches would have worked. Okay, now I appreciate what you're saying. The slight drawback we had was um, it cooked at a different temperature to loads of other stuff. Oh, yeah. See, I would have winged that. Me? Like I, I would have like winged it. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I would, yeah I, would, I didn't even mean that one. That's good. Mm. What a great starts of the year. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would have just gone, oh, I'll just gamble, stick it in. Yeah. And maybe leave it in for an extra half an hour longer than everything else. And if people yeah, want to wait yeah. it for seconds, then why not? Yeah. Now, I don't want to, again, mum was brilliant, but I did have her in my ear quite a lot, sort of forgetting the fact I'm 30 years of age. Uh, and have been reasonably self-sufficient as an adult for approximately 10 years, I would years. say, solidly. A solid 10 years. <laughs> sort of, I've been all right. Uh, moved out, first of all, when I was 21. Basically been providing food for myself and cooking stuff since then. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, mum wasn't really having it. She wouldn't have been having the... Um, she wanted it per the instructions, like the exact amount of degrees for the exact amount of time. So... Okay. In the end, it was just easier to pass it off, and it got passed on argue, and on and on. You can't argue with your mother, particularly on Christmas Day. No, no, no. So, no. Um, yeah, I did yeah. once. I, I did turn around after she told me that. Did you know when you open the oven door, that lets the heat out? 
Um, <laughs> I went oh, up, that's a new one. Yeah, 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 yeah. When I politely reminded her that I was 30 years of age and I know how ovens work, <laughs> we, both, we both gave our heads a little bit of a wobble and realised Christmas time's family time for loving each other. <laughs> I'll tell you what, mate. I'll tell you what, we're, we're fast we're fast developing a new podcast series, which mm. is like, I don't know, family feuds. <laughs> boring, boring life. Bo- yeah, bo- yeah. Boring Waffle. family feuds and how to resolve them. <laughs> yeah, 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 Boom. yeah. Um, yeah, proper like, dull, nothing exciting at all. Just like, want to know how to solve your washing your clothes queries? <laughs> Come to Will and James. Uh, but yeah, no, overall, mate, it was, uh, it was actually really nice, nice and quiet. Um, so yeah, it was it was wonderful. Indeed, should we talk about football for a bit? Yeah, yeah, might as well. That's what we were. Eleven for, minutes. Eleven minutes since we hit record. I did my standard. Um, although I was going for New Year, new me. I did my standard, cocking up the advertising read uh, beforehand. So I ate up about a minute of the record. But twelve minutes in, I'd say we've had about nine and a half of complete non-football related waffles. So what do you say we move on? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, well, uh, one thing that we don't do any different in 2022 is the housekeeping. You can still follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're still on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod. We're on Facebook at we are West Ham Podcast. YouTube, where we are West Ham Podcast as well. And you can email us if you so wish at we are West Ham Pod at gmail.com. The links to all the ways you can follow us and contact we are West Ham are included in the description to this podcast so just swipe up or scroll left or whatever it is and whatever platform you're on look for the description you'll find all the links in there and as ever you can buy us a beer and support the podcast if you so wish at buymeacoffee.com slash we are stand for as little as a fiver each time jonesy um first show of the year what is coming up we'll look back to the festive games those three matches that i mentioned since me and jonesy last spoke to you we'll have the leads our first opposition view of the year darren from ls11 friend of the podcast a guest that you will all recognize uh, he joins us to chat ahead of that game at london stadium third round of the fa cup leads at home we'll have the betway charity bet section looking back rather than forward um on the those three games we mentioned there and i'll let you into a secret now we had a winner happy days uh, no bets this week of course because we only do those for the premier league games uh we will jonesy i think and you know our stance on transfer news don't you where we we, we give it a little bit of heed but i'm very much when it comes to transfers tap me about on the shoulder and let me know once the player is holding the shirt up. So we'll have a we'll have a little chat about transfer news, potential transfers, where we think we need to improve because otherwise we don't want to shortchange you too much on this first podcast of the year. But then we will say goodbye for the first time in 2020, but certainly not the last time because we will be back as ever next week. And, Jonesy, we've put it in the diary, haven't we? We're recording Monday night next week. Yep, Monday night for the rest yeah. of the month, I believe. Exactly, you're correct, 100% correct, mate. So uh, we guarantee that the podcast for the rest of the month will be out on uh, Tuesdays, as you're used to. Very sorry that the first one of the new year was a bit wobbly, but we appreciate you sticking with us. So we hope you enjoy this one. So let's get straight into it. Looking back to the Saints defeat, the Watford win and the Palace victory next. (laughs) 
West Ham United 2, Southampton 3. Jonesy, this was the Boxing Day fixture. The Boxing Day fixture, so many people had and have been clamouring for for such a long time. Give us a home Boxing Day fixture. We're desperate for one. The stadium was half empty and we lost 3-2 to a team that we really should have beaten. Very, very, very much typical West Ham. Uh, I was working that day, so I didn't get to go to it. I was absolutely gutted beforehand. The trains were also not running, which means my dad didn't go either. Uh, All in all, it was a complete and utter damp squib on very many fronts, wasn't it? Uh, We'll start with the crowd stuff first. Um, I don't. I don't actually know if I've spoke to you about this. Did you go? What was your experience in the ground um, of the fans and crowd stuff first, and we'll move on to the game. Well, we found it quite bizarre, mate, because we got into the pub at about what, about half eleven Boxing Day. So you did go? Yeah, we were there, and um, we we, we normally drink in the King Eddie in Stratford beforehand. Welcome um, to the Abbey Tap. King Eddie's better beer garden. And it? um uh, yeah. it's what you need on Boxing Day, actually. It, it? gets yeah, and it gets less <laughs> round in there as well. Uh right. the reason why we don't I mean the last time I tried getting into Debbie Tat they wouldn't let me in it was too yeah, busy. Right. Um yeah. but anyway, so we're drinking drinking the King Eddie and um normally if you get in early you can sit at the bar for a little bit, but as it gets busier and busier you need to step away from the bar and all that. We we sat at the bar from half eleven all the way up to about half past two mm. and it was empty and we were looking around going, What that what else going on? Like Yeah, yeah. Just thought, oh, maybe people are going direct to the game. Got into the ground, then it was exactly the same, pretty much half empty. Um, to the point where there was like the crowd postponed. <laughs> yeah, like crowd noise was like echoing in the ground. You know, like it almost sounded like a cup game, like an early yeah, yeah, cup game. or pre-season where, friendly, like, like, like a kids for a quid game sort of thing. Where you, you know, <laughs> Under twenty ones. Yeah, and it's like this ain't right. You know, we're trying to want, we're trying to have a guess at why it might be. Whether it's just you know. First phone boxing day for ages, like surely like, mm. people would be, but whether it was a load of people got COVID, which you know, we know that a lot of people did get COVID over Christmas. Yeah. Um, general COVID worries, it does general COVID about worries. You, I seem um, to know loads of people this time around who've got it, yeah, yeah. So maybe it was a mixture of people having COVID and, and people not wanting to get COVID just before New Year. Yeah. Um, but it, that might have been it or people isolated and the train the, the Essex trains were down so I don't know what route you get that, in but again, the, that, that might greater, the greater angular south of Victoria Shenfield Billericay uh, like Wickford all that that line was down and you know there's there's trains every 15 minutes on match days don't know what it would have been like on Boxer Day uh, and they're packed with with West Ham fans from like four hours before the game, every single one that goes yeah. through is packed with Hammers fans. The station afterwards, those platforms going back there are always mobbed. Um, yeah. We know a large portion of the fan base is out in Essex, so that's would have that was definitely why my dad didn't go. Uh, that played a yeah. huge part in his decision. Sounds like it's a contributing factor. And I think I think COVID and the fact that that train arm was down was probably the reason mm. why. Um, yeah. But it just it set the tone for the rest of the afternoon, I think, mate. Right. Mm. Just... It's very difficult to whip up an atmosphere when it's half full, um, yeah. and it kind of it was just a really flat atmosphere all, all game, really. Even even when we scored, it wasn't that. Hmm. I don't know, like that oomph behind the celebrations. It was almost like, hey, and that was it, yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of thing. Um, so yeah, it, it, it flattened it. I don't know whether that rubbed off on the players because you know the performance wasn't great, but um, yeah, it was just a disappointing day all round, really. 
Yeah, yeah. So what about the game then, mate? I had it on in the background. I was actually covering um I was actually covering another match. So I was double screening. Um and then yeah, so Mohamed El Yanusi scored after eight minutes. Mikel Antonio makes it one all on forty nine. James Ward Prowse penalty uh just past the hour mark before Said Ben Rama makes it two all and then Jan Bednarek of all people. Uh, makes it 3-2 with 20 minutes to go. West Ham couldn't get back into it. West Ham, 11 shots, same as Southampton, five on target. Southampton had six. West Ham was slightly more of the ball on 56% possession. Uh, passing accuracy, even slightly better. The, the sort of stats tell of an even game, Jonesy. But again, because I wasn't really engaged in it, what, what did you make of it? I think it, I think it was an even game, um, other than the fact that Southampton scored more than us on stage. <laughs> Other than the fact that they yeah. got more goals than we Yeah, yeah. but I, like, generally, I mean, they scored early on, but you know, we already know that West Ham under David Moyes, you know, even going 1 0 down early on yeah, doesn't yeah. really affect us. Um, Antonio came on at half time and got, his, got the equaliser pretty quickly. Mm. Um, you kind of then felt, okay, we should go on and win this. And then they got that penalty where at the time we thought that well, was definitely outside the area, but you see the replay and he has, he has brought him down in the area. Unin- he's unintentionally brought him down in the area. He's, he's fallen over and the player's fallen over. This him. is the door. Someone, yeah. Yeah. But he was dragging him outside the area. So by the time he's fallen over inside the area and caught his legs, like you can't, you can't complain. It's a penalty. Um, and then Ben Rama gets, gets the equaliser again. But for me, the, the, the big one for that was Jared Bowen's assist. I thought it was superb, superb mm. assist. Um, and then Bednarek pops up with a random header. Um, yeah, he's like seven foot one, though, isn't he? Yeah, but and then and then James Will Prowse put the ball in. And, you know, he's great at dead balls, and he's so. But then even at three two with twenty minutes to go, you kind of look at it and go, yeah, we'll get back into this, and we did. We huffed, and puffed <laughs> yeah, a yeah, bit. yeah. We huffed and puffed a little bit, and you thought, okay, well, if we come away here with a three or draw, yeah, not not the worst result in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Take the yeah, we just get out of there. Just couldn't get the just couldn't get the equaliser. Um, for whatever reason, and yeah, it's just it's just one of those games where you're like, we probably didn't deserve to win that, but we yeah, didn't yeah, kind yeah. of. It was a little bit we, we kind of didn't deserve to lose either, but you can't really have any complaints that we've lost, if you know what I mean. It mm. was like a oh well, like it's what it is, and I yeah. don't really recall feeling that that annoyed after. It was mm. almost like, just right, like... Let's, get, let's get back to the pub now, boys, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wh- what do you? Again, I think it's hard to, and I'm a little bit worried that that Boxing Day experience might serve as a green light to just fob off Boxing Day games at home forever, if that makes sense. Nah, nah. One one bad apple. Not going to make a difference, well, mate. It's a decent... Yeah. If, I was the, if I was the PR manager over there, um, <laughs> nah. it would be worth selling that narrative, wouldn't it? Do you know what I mean? Just like um, via the, the usual links of... Um, you know, like the the West Ham websites or whatever that are about who sort of act as uh, club slash board PR pieces. Um, <laughs> it might just be worth slipping out a like a, a convenient comment piece a couple of months before. Does everyone remember how crap last Boxing Day was? Yeah, we don't want one of those again, do we? Let's let the shoppers have free will in Westfield. Was Westfield busy out of interest? Oh no, I did. I didn't go anywhere near it. No, didn't really, go anywhere near yeah. it. Um, I was tempted. But no. <laughs> instead of the game, just do a bit time. of shopping. Yeah, why not catch yeah, the sales? Yeah, yeah. But um, I would have thought it would have been given the sales were wrong. Yeah, yeah. But fair um, enough, mate, fair enough. But yeah, well, look, we uh, we bounced back in emphatic fashion, mate. Four uh, one away to Watford. Uh, what a win that was! <laughs> Excuse me. 
Um, Emmanuel Dennis, who, by the way, did you know his real name's actually Emmanuel Bonaventura, which in my eyes is a much better name. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Cool, I isn't mean, it? It is. It is. I mean, Emmanuel Dennis is still quite a cool name, but Bonaventura yeah, I think is far better. I feel like any any name with Emmanuel at the front is cool, isn't it? Emmanuel Omnimni, probably or my favourite one. Emmanuel. MNNK, yes, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other famous? Ima- well, just Emmanuel. Is yeah. that like soft porn, was it? Oh, I don't know, mate. Emmanuel Abue. Emmanuel Abue, yeah, yeah. Any more West Ham Emmanuels? Nah. That... Mm. Uh, Emmanuel, oh. I mean, we could be here a while, couldn't we? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, move on from that pretty swiftly. So, yeah, Emmanuel uh, Bonaventura, also known as Emmanuel Dennis, Watford's goal machine, and one of their few bright lights in uh, recent times really scored after four minutes. And I was just like, head straight in hands, just like, ah, uh, the wheels are coming off, aren't they? We're going to come 12th. This is a nightmare. What is going on? We need to arrest this slide and we can't even beat Watford, who are absolute cannon fodder. Uh, and then out of seemingly nowhere, really, well, it wasn't out of nowhere. I just made that up because it wasn't out of nowhere. We were dominating the ball, weren't we, from that moment on, really. Uh, we thoroughly deserved our two goals in two minutes. For big Thomas Suchek, what a finish that was. Another Jared Bowen assist then with that one, I believe, Jonesy. Said yeah. Benrahma. Uh, of course, scored on 29 minutes. Big Marky Noble. Absolutely brilliant. See him get on the score sheet. Is that right, Jonesy? What's he scored? What's the stat? He scored every calendar year since he's played for West Ham. Is that right? Or every every calendar, calendar year, year ever? Calendar year since he made his Premier League debut, I think it is. Yeah, which is like yeah, 2004, yeah. maybe 2003. Yeah, excellent stat, that one. Um, yeah, and then Nikola Vlasic with his first West Ham goal. Uh, just put the cherry on the cake in the 93rd minute. Um, yeah, what did you make of it, mate? Really? I, you know, I, I just thought it was absolutely needed. Nice and comfortable. Um, but yeah, just an enjoyable watch, actually. It was a good game. Um, once again, uh, concede early. And you know, even though, obviously, you had your worries, oh, here we go, like, we're going to end up finishing 12th. Like, there was absolutely no way we weren't scoring against Watford. Like, so yeah, still, yeah. Like, I, I think the the commentator during the game said an interesting uh, fact about Watford that they've not kept a Premier League clean sheet since like five or six managers ago. <laughs> like, I mean, I know they sack their manager every three months, but that's, yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's, it's, that's also known as they haven't kept a clean sheet since October. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. just like that's that's mad, isn't it? Like five different managers haven't kept a clean sheet for what like, as what for, like it's mental. So uh, it's you quality, yeah. knew we were going to score, um, and all three goals, barring the penalty, were almost carbon copies, weren't they? Sort of like just ball into the box, tapping sort of thing. I know Sutex yeah. was a bit different, but um, like defensively, Watford were woeful. But mm. I still felt that they they really threatened us going forward, and they they worried us a little bit. That that Emmanuel Dennis. Bonaventura, Dave, whatever his name is. Eminem, Eminem, and you. Yeah. Um, he's he's a handful. He really is a handful. It's the first time I probably watched him this season. And he, he is a, like, a bit of a handful of a player. No wonder they didn't want him to go to AFCON. Um, mm. But yeah, they, they worried us a little bit. And there were a couple of times where I felt we looked quite shaky at the back. But it's got two in two minutes. You have any team on their knees a little bit and 
luckily in the second half we managed to put them to bed. And I thought the I thought Bowen's goal being disallowed for a foul about ten minutes earlier was a little bit harsh. Yeah, yeah. Um, like why he's pulled it all the way back to that. Um, oh God! Like, yeah, Suchek, sorry, mate. Oh, like, the don't guys get me started on that. The guys like he, he's he's turned to run away and felt Suchet behind him and he's fallen over. Um, about eight minutes later, we've scored and they've pulled it back. And it's like, what's what's like? Why have you pulled it right back for that? Yeah, don't um, get me started on that. Mate. So yeah, it, that, that was annoying. Enough time has passed. Yeah, that was annoying because you know Jared Bowen deserved this goal because he was once again absolutely superb on the day. Uh, best power on the pitch for me, um, and it was a really well worked goal as well. So, it's yeah, luckily we we scored all, scored four in the end. But Vlasic getting his goal as well I was absolutely delighted for him. I thought he was going to burst into tears when he scored. He was that happy. Yeah, he looked buzzing, didn't um, he? Whipped whipped out the old hammers. Yep, yeah, like obligatory when you score your first West Ham goal, wasn't it? But um, how did you yeah, rate his hammers? It was brief, wasn't it? But it was brief. But I give it a solid seven out of ten. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty caught up in the moment, weren't he? I feel like he was the most buzzing, including all the fans. The fans were like, hey, 4 1, we've already won the game, fine. Yeah. He was absolutely yeah. loving it, weren't he? It's if, it's if he'd scored like a 98th minute winner or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, love yeah. it. Love that passion. Your mate Alex Crowell getting involved, wasn't he? Yeah, he came off the bench, my little curly head mate. What a man. Yeah. <laughs> Good to see his face. Yeah. Um, James, I can confirm Emmanuel was a 1974. Romance slash erotic film, one hour forty five minutes long, uh, French drama film directed by Just Jacon. Uh, yeah, the first instalment in a series of French softcore pornography films based on the novel Emmanuel. Uh, however, uh, it's got an E on the end, which Emmanuel uh, Bonaventura Dennis does not have. So, uh, completely disregard. What I said before, please. <laughs> um, let's, let's move on. Let's move on. I think Crystal Palace away now. Uh, the stat was. I mean, I don't really know what to say. It's brilliant. It's entertaining stuff, mate. We scored nine goals in three games. All right, we lost at home. That's disappointing. But winning two games away and scoring seven goals is absolutely great fun. And I love that roller coaster ride that we're all on at the moment. Uh, the nature of it, obviously when oh, Jean-Philippe Mateta tried that glorious-looking overhead kick. I just had memories of... Oh, I just had flashes of like Tottenham fans starting giving it to us because of the Lanzini thing. Yeah. And I was like... Because it would have been the same time, wouldn't it? It may even have been less, like that they'd got three goals back if they'd scored. Yeah, I think it was that they would have beaten our record doing it. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Which would have been mortifying. And very classic West Ham to break that record and then have it broken against us. Yeah. Um, but from a positive side of things, three and up at half time. Um, now, uh, do you, the stat on that one, Jonesy, I believe it's the first time West Ham have ever been three new up at half time in a Premier League away game was the stat, which is superb. That's like a, a great piece of history. Unless you, I mean, you look a bit confused at the moment. Well, no, um, I'm just I'm just thinking back to the amount of times we were three nil up last season and, and almost drew the game. I mean, it happened like four times in the space of a month. Away last, from home, it? though, being the yeah, key. Yeah, wasn't. Um, go on. No, Leicester. You, wasn't you three think aloud why I while I back up my yeah, yeah. <laughs> back up my bold claim. It was, what Wolves we Wolves away we raced into a three goal lead, but I think they got one back before half time, didn't they? That was three one at half time. Yeah. Um, 
and then Arsenal was at home, Leicester was at home. So yeah, no, I think yeah, bang on. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll assume because I can't find it anywhere on there. But that was definitely, I'm pretty confident in that stat. Um, so that was that was impressive, of course. Um, Mikel Antonio seems to have found a bit of form and a bit of confidence and a bit of uh, scoring boots again, which is really, really good. Manuel Lanzini, we've, I mean, we've always that, known he's got it and he is a bit of magic. Go on, mate. That first goal. Oh, my God. Oh, his Lanzini's yeah, name. Yeah. Ah, mate, absolute magic. I mean, stunning. I do think, and I'm, I know you're going to scowl at me for being a bit of a cynic. I do think <laughs> the one where, say, so moves it out of the way, it seemed quite heavy. And then the next one, he like shinned it. I'm not a million percent sure that nah, was exactly he, what he, he intended. T- he teed it up for the volley. He teed it up for the volley. He knew what he was <laughs> Did doing. He yeah, come Did on. Did he hell. Look, I think the, the way it spooned up to him might have been slightly fortuitous. But the way he lashed that in with his left foot, like in the middle of the air, roof of the net, absolutely class. And then stood up and dispatched the penalty again, despite my grumblings and worries going, oh, no, he's due a miss. He's due a miss. I told you. Told you I know. We had the convo only a few weeks ago. Brilliant pen, wasn't it? Right in the bottom left corner. Um, 3-0. West Ham are absolutely cruising. Yeah, 83 minutes Crystal Palace scored through Odson Edward before Michael Elise got one on 90, which would have beaten the record. Uh, West Ham's against Tottenham for the, yeah, the comeback from three goals in the least time. Um. I wasn't that nervous, I'll be honest. I'm not just saying that to show off or anything like that. The timing of it, I mean, heart was in mouth when Mateta did that, I'll be honest, then. But even up till that, I was like, it looked like such a nothing ball. And the fact that he somehow managed to get a really impressive effort away, I was like, oh my God. Because I, I didn't see it coming, I was pretty chill about the whole thing. I was like, nah. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Doesn't it look like you felt the same? No, mate. Look at that first goal, and I could just—you could see it. You could see it playing out in front of in front of us. Because like, to be fair, we went in. We went in at halftime three new up, but we were fortunate to be three new up. You know, they did the woodwork twice. The once in the first minute, I think. Then they hit the bar. They were dominating us. Absolutely, they dominating. Did, yeah. They did have a few chances. Like they, they had, put away, didn't they, they had doubling the amount of. Attempts on t- uh, goal against uh, Danas, you know, dominating possession. Um, they look dangerous going forward. And how we went in three new up, I still don't know. And you talked about the first half, yeah. So when it went, when it went three one, I was like, yeah. Well, they've had us on the ropes for most of the game, like, really. <laughs> yeah. um, we had 37 possession, yeah. Like, we've had us on the ropes for the whole game. I mean. They should have already scored two. Now they've got. We had one. five shots on target to their six. Yeah, like they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna draw this or potentially even win it because we're gonna crumble. <laughs> At least I guess that freaky. No one, no idea why no one decided not to clear the ball. Um, yeah, and, in, and then it was like, oh, here we go again. Like, something's gonna happen. So when Mateta gets the overhead kick, my heart fell out my backside. <laughs> I literally froze on the sofa and I was like oh my god and I, I, I think my heart my, my blood pressure is still up high now <laughs> still, like, gone still thinking about it it's like what on earth like, just oh my god why are we in this position we shouldn't be in this position um, and you, you kind of did 
get a, get a sense of how Spurs fans felt when we did it to them, mm. didn't you? Really, apart from the fact that we managed to hold on, but yeah, yeah, and we were. I mean, we weren't at home, and it wasn't like one of your most hated rivals. Do you know what I mean? Like, True. I mean, I'm. I'm I no it would not have. Det- it would have detracted I'm, slightly, but not. Really. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Crystal Palace, if I'm honest. So it would have. Nah. It would have heavily, like, really, really, really annoyed. Rankled. Me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm delighted that we managed to hold on and um, get all three points. And yeah, yeah. we that... needed it, mate, didn't we? It was a real boost that we really, really needed yeah. those six points, uh, especially after the Saints' loss. And again, keeps us in in fifth place, doesn't it? And really, all right, we've we've got Leeds coming up. We don't know what well, that's that's going to be an interesting one planned and twice in quick succession. They're struggling. They've won four games out of nineteen in the league. They've got a minus 16 goal difference from 19 games. They're not playing very well. They've got loads of injuries as well. We'll hear from Darren later on in the show. Um, and we're on 34 points. All right. Tottenham are a point behind us. Uh, sorry, yeah, point behind us with two games in hand. And Manchester United uh, are three points behind us with one game in hand. Uh, we've got a better goal difference than them. So... All right, Tottenham might edge us, but if you if it all evens out, we're probably good for sixth. Which, again, after twenty games, more than halfway through the season, I don't think is too bad going. Hundred percent. I think that those wins in particular against Watford and Palace will will prove to be really important because, as we know, Tottenham have got those two games in hand. So just staying ahead of them, mm. even with them having those two games in hand, just gives us that advantage, you know, and. Just as long as we stay in that top six, you know, we have managed to gain gain a couple of points on United as well, which is good because they've they've got a game in hand on us. So, and mate, as these for the next six games as well: Norwich at home, Leeds at home. These are Premier League games: Norwich at home, Leeds at home, Manchester United away. We've already won this season. Watford at home. We've just done four one away from home. Leicester away, who aren't exactly steaming through. Yeah, but. Uh, and then and then Newcastle at home. Obviously, we don't know what transfer business they'll have done in that time. They're likely to be a slightly more improved outfit. Will they all have gelled straight away? Probably not. Well, it just depends if they sign in Beppe, Neymar, Messi, Ronaldo, <laughs> all, the, or, you know, all or, the world superstars. Equivalent, Kieran Trippier and Todd Cantwell. Oh, that's true. I mean, I'm, I'm all worried about the latter two, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Far more concerning. Yes, but mate, honestly, I, I think that's a decent position to be in. Those games that we've got coming up are winnable. Okay, we've then got a little bit of a rough patch um, after that. Wolves at home. Wolves brilliant the other night at Man United as they won. Wolves at home, Liverpool away. Villa at home, Tottenham away. Um, our next four after that. So the next 10 games. I just look at the, the list now, mate, and... I just know it's so weird. I'm just not scared by that many games anymore. We've sort yeah. of got Arsenal, Man City at home are two of our last four games. Before that is Chelsea away. We have got a tough end to the season. Um, and obviously we've got Brighton away on the last game of the season. So if we need anything, um, if we need a win there to get Europe or whatever, we can kiss goodbye to that. But no, I think all in all, mate, I think it's a reasonable position. We've got the Europa League coming up. Um, we'll touch on it a little bit later in the show, what we'd like to see us do this window. Uh, but all in all, I think for a festive period, annoying to the Southampton defeat, but all in all, I think thumbs up to be where we are this side of the new year. Yeah, and just to build on that, my point before is that we're in a great position. 
Um, but had we not won those two games against Watford and Palace, then we'd be what eighth, um, six, what five points behind Tottenham. With Tottenham still with two games in hand on us, and if they win those two games in hand, then suddenly we're well cut adrift to the top six. Hmm. Um, whereas now, even if Tottenham do win those two games in hand, they're still catchable. You know, we can still yeah, catch yeah, for sure. Still, for Man sure. United win their game in hand, we've got a better goal difference than them, so it keeps us in the mix. And you know, once again, we've we fully deserve to be there and, and in the conversation and being amongst it. And as you're right, with those fixtures coming up, we should still be involved. We're going into into March and April time. Definitely, mate. Definitely. I was at the Tottenham game the other night, uh, the Tottenham Chelsea game, the League Cup. By the way, if they right. play anything like that in the league against us for the rest of the season, Chelsea were okay. They were pretty good, yeah. pretty efficient. Like none of their players really had less than a six or seven out of ten for Chelsea, which is always going to be difficult to beat. Um, but yeah, Tottenham were just abject, mate. Absolutely abject. It's a bit of a waste of time then beating us in the quarterfinals, really, because we would have at least put up a bit more of a fight at Stamford Bridge. Mm. But hey, so be it. I've been to flipping loads of uh, League Cup games this season. Just can't stop. Just love the competition so much, mate. That's At least someone brilliant. does. <laughs> exactly, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, mate, um, didn't want to go into too much detail on those, did we? Because um, certainly those first two uh, sort of been and gone. Probably old news for a lot of you. But we didn't want to just completely ignore them. So we hope you enjoyed that. And next up, stay tuned because we'll have a look back to the Betway Charity Bets. <laughs> So we're back this year in 2022 with the Betway Charity Bets. Once again, one of our favourite features on the show because it means we can raise a few quid for the three charities of our choice. This season, we've raised a few quid so far. Me, I'm playing for the Bobby Moore Fund. James Jones is playing for the DT38. Dylan Tombidi's Foundation and Reese Bayliss, who is absent but still very much involved in the podcast behind the scenes. He is playing for Isla's Fight. Of course, and Jonesy, we did, out of our three games, finally have a winner. It wasn't a huge one, was it? I, it, started, it was starting to rattle me a bit now. I, I feel like this season we've got more volume, like we've won more number of bets, but the odds are a bit lower. It just feels like we're getting a few in every now and then, but it's not quite... Speak yourself, know. mate. I still haven't won one. Well, that is true, mate. Yeah, I suppose. Sorry, yeah. I completely forgot about that. Um, but so the first two games we had over the festive break, mate, was Southampton. First of all, we didn't have any winners on that. Rarely do when West Ham lose because almost all of us always back us to win. Uh, and then the Watford game after that, frankly, no one saw us winning for one. Games like that, Jones, you're normally pretty good for it, aren't they? Well, they're normally pretty good for a winning because we normally see a goal scorer. Someone goes both teams to score and West Ham to win. Yeah. We normally tick off quite a few legs there, don't we? But we somehow uh, managed to escape. And you know why? It's because I went for Watford to win. Yeah. Someone yeah, dug you, me out for a blasphemous day on Twitter. All I needed was Craig Dawson and nodding a goal against his former club and I'd have had my, my winner, but no. Yeah, that was fairly significant as well, wasn't it? But... Uh, in the most recent game, fortunately, Crystal Palace away, we did finally have a winner. And it was Reese Bayliss again for Isla's fight. He had both teams to score Wilfred Zaha anytime and over two and a half goals in the game. And uh, although Zaha didn't play, uh, it goes down to a two-legged bet. 
automatically and the others, the both teams are scoring the over two and a half goals obviously came in. So Betway have paid us out and Jonesy with one £187, am I correct? £187.50. Lovely to, stuff. To Isla's fight, which is great. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then Betway matched that at the end of the season as well. So it's uh, in excess of um, 350 quid there. In the kitty, which is very nice indeed. Were you close with yours, Jonesy? West Ham to win over 3.5 goals. Jared Bowen, two-plus shots on target. I wasn't, no. I don't think Bowen had a single shot on target all game. He was quiet, actually, wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, he was unusually quiet. I think maybe I was a bit ambitious on him having another absolute stormer Hmm. after his Watford Watford performance. But I got the other two in. No real consolation, really, given that I still haven't won a bet and I'm getting really annoyed about it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate. Now, it was a bit of controversy with mine. I went West Ham to win more than 2.5 goals and Jared Bowen, goal or assist. There wasn't controversy at all, really. I was making up controversy <laughs> off yeah. my own back. West Ham did win. There were more than 2.5 goals in the game. Uh, Jared Bowen only got an assist in one place. And that place was Fantasy Premier League, who <laughs> awarded him uh, assist points for playing the ball that Milivojevic handballed to win us the penalty, which Lanzini scored from. <laughs> uh, so I did text straight away. And so I assume that uh, this will be paid out um, because this counts as a Jared Bowen assist on Fantasy Premier League. Um, and Chad rightfully pointed out to me that there's no way or no other platform anywhere, other bookmaker, other stats provider, just any general official outlet <laughs> who's counting that as a Jared Bowen assist. So no, Will, you will not be getting paid any money for that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I great fun digging you out over that one, mate. I, the best bit about it was when you screenshotted his assist on fantasy football and then put it in the group <laughs> and stuff. But look, it's an assist. And I was like, no, mate, what are you talking about? <laughs> Just, I just really want to uh, raise some more money for the Bobby Moore Fund, mate. Yeah, you were, like, you were like, what? Well, you just don't want to raise any money for Bobby Moore Fund. We don't like charity then, James. And I'm just like, <laughs> wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Just pointing out the facts, mate. Just pointing out the facts. Yeah, I think I was pushing my luck a little bit on that one, mate. That's for sure. Well, just a reminder, uh, Betway, who are our charity partners on this podcast? Give us each, me, James and Reese, a £50 charity stake to put on a three-legged bet your way, bet builder, bet of our choice for each and every one of West Ham's Premier League games. That's 150 quid in charity stakes that we get for each of West Ham's 38 Premier League games in the season. And any of those bets that end up to be winners, we uh, put that money, whoever wins, that money goes towards their charity. And Betway have agreed to match every single penny at the end of the season, which is absolutely phenomenal. Raised 12 and a half grand, Last season, Jonesy, just worth a reminder, I think, of where we're at as we're into the new year now overall. Yeah, so I'm on a big fat zero. Uh, Will that's things, mate. Yeah, it's hurt, it hurts, it definitely mm. hurts. Um, 1,225 quid for you for the Bobby Moore fund, and Reese has currently got £712.50 for Isla. What's the number of bets there, Jonesy? Like, because I feel like Reese has won loads, but he always just goes quite cagey. So we have one, I believe. One sec. I've got it here. Because I know you've got that on your stats. I think last year, because we had the two, I I backed up Bonner's goals twice, which came in. I had two 20 to ones come in, 28 to ones come in. You had a 40 to one. 
That's the, that's really the fourth, fourth one we've won this season. The fourth bet. And I think I've won one. And I think Reese has won, won three. Yeah. Reese has won three, yeah. So I had the 1,200 quidder. I was close at the weekend. How do we win 4-1? I back West Ham to win over two and a half goals and Bowen goal or assist. We score four and Jared Bowen, our best player this season, doesn't... Oh, it's absolutely fuming. But never mind. Never mind. Good that Reese has got... Um, one in and we're, we're keeping on ticking. So what are we at in total then, mate? Sorry. That is, if you include Betway matching at the end of the season, yep. it's 3,875 quid. 3,875. So we're less than a third of what we managed last year, but we've still got four months, Jonesy, just over four months uh, to pull a few more biggins in. We haven't got a bonner, have we? We're going to start big, backing big Craig Dawson, I think. Um, that's where those big odds will come from. Well, look, thanks to Betway. Um, just great what they've done for us last year. Looking forward to working with them again in 2022. Just a reminder, there is no bets this week because it's an FA Cup game. And we will be back, of course, for that Norwich game and then the Leeds game at home in the Premier League. They'll be on next week's podcast. When they are, you can back those bets for real for yourself on the Betway website and app. Just go to the game in question, go to pre-built bets, scroll down, you'll find the We Are West Ham podcast bets and it'll have my name on it, James's name and Reese's name. And you can back those yourself for real if you like. Stay with us because we're going to have a very brief and very We Are West Ham style look at potential transfer news and players that we might like to see in this month. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. It's that time of the year when we all commit to changing something in our lives for the better. So why not turn to Manscaped to ensure your grooming is on point and the best it can be throughout 2022? As New Year's resolutions go, pledging your commitment to your male grooming routine is the least you can do. And Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to ensure you don't drop the ball early on and remain consistent in keeping things neat and tidy all year round and to help you get off to the perfect start you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code we are west Ham. that's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code we are west Ham. yep the manscaped performance package is everything to boost your below the waist grooming game from the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer with advanced skin-safe technology that reduces cuts and nicks, the Crop Preserver, which is a spray that protects against chafing, and the Crop Reviver, which would ensure things down there remain fresh at all times. To top it all off, you even get a shed travel bag so you can carry all of your precious Manscaped products in style everywhere you go. Will, have you got any grooming-related New Year's resolutions knocking about? Well, uh, mate, as you know, we got the uh, our hands on the weed whackers earlier this year. And whilst I thought I was a bit too young for trimming nose hair, uh, I had noticed a couple of rogue ones creeping out the nearer I got to 30. Um, so, yeah, that's that's my resolution this year. Regular use on the weed whacker and make sure those uh, nose hairs are in check and there's no rogue ones creeping out for everyone to see. Fair, fair. Mine is just to be a bit more on top of it. I have, I have the same New Year's resolution every year, which is just to be better at everything. <laughs> and everything in, in that bracket, everything is maybe a little bit of fitness, work, parenting now. Um, and now I've got another one, which is grooming. So I'm going to be better at grooming, self-grooming, below and above the waist. Um, and the nose hairs definitely need to be done a little bit more regularly than they have been. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one, mate. Glad to 100%. hear it. 
So to get your hands on the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 and to see all the other top quality male grooming products they have available this new year, head over to manscaped.com today. And remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code WEARWESTAN. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code WEARWESTAN at manscaped.com. Have no regrets this year with our friends at Manscaped. So, Jonesy, we've spoke about it countless times on the We Are West Ham podcast, our attitude towards transfers. Mine in particular, to be fair, I'm, I'm sort of tiring you with the same uh, coloured brush there, which is probably a little bit unreasonable. My outlook on transfers is tell me once it's done. Once the player holds up the shirt, then brilliant. Then I'll go and find out loads about him. I just, And I know that's not true for loads of people, loads of football fans and not just West Ham fans, fans across the uh, the world and the country, whatever. You're, oh, I, just, oh, I just can't really get into it. Like this, th- this month, I really, really want West Ham to sign some players. Okay, we have to. We we need a striker. We need a central defender. Um, I don't know. We probably need a left back. I think, as much as I hate to admit uh, that King Arthur might just not be up to it anymore. We probably need a central midfielder as well. We need loads of players, but particularly a striker. I think is the most important, and the centre half. We're all pretty much agreed on that. I think. Um, yeah. Now I haven't really got too much idea of who um but i am aware that west ham are interested in luca dina now i know that lots of clubs are interested in him west ham have declared an interest it looks like it might be somewhat of a battle and if you're going head to head uh certainly chelsea are involved in that situation as well it looks like Newcastle are considering bids, but obviously they're considering bids for everyone, it seems, at the moment. Um, but I know that West Ham are interested, or at least looking at the feasibility of that deal. Um, we're also said to be in for a striker. There's money there put aside for a striker uh, and perhaps one more signing if the manager sees fit, Is is the, the as far as I understand the situation to be at the club. Now... As far as potential players for those positions outside of Dina, can you tell us anything, Jonesy? Have you got a different stance, outlook or understanding on West Ham's situation for the January transfer window? Well, I've been keeping abreast of it a little bit more than I would do. Um, because, uh, and this is going to be a shameless plug, mate, but I've, I've recently sure. launched, launched a new West website called West Ham 365. Nice. Um, and it's predominantly a, a content aggregator for um, for content, podcasts, YouTube videos, all related to West Ham. Um, but on social media and on a website, eventually there's going to be a lot of sort of up-to-date news, particularly the transfer window. So if, if anyone wants to check out the Instagram page, it's at West Ham 365. Now every morning I, I post up a number of graphics related to the news. So it might be quotes, uh, it might be transfer rumours, stats, stuff like that. Um and so I've been on it every morning, having a little look, checking out the old transfer mill, seeing what's going on. The big one at the moment is Jesse Lingard. Um, looks like there could be a deal to be done there. He looks like he wants to leave before he runs his contract down. Um, and obviously West Ham won him. Why wouldn't we? Uh, mm. And obviously he'd want to come back if we're the only club interested. So that looks like it could be it could be a, a deal that probably will happen. Uh, one bit of alarming news I saw was 
David Moyes apparently um, still isn't decided on on his transfer targets, apart from Jesse Lingard. That is, um, he's a little bit undecided. He hasn't actually nailed down his concrete targets. Um, which not much time really, have we? <laughs> yeah, it's like well, you know, you read that story six days into the transfer window, and you've got twenty four days left. He's like, well, come on, Dave, better get a move on, mate. Um, but it, it's it's known that he wants Jesse Lingard. He wants a striker. He wants a left a left footed centre half and potentially left left back uh, cover mm. for left backs. So um, another striker we're interested in is Arthur Cabral at FC Bale. Um, absolute goal machine over in over in Switzerland. Twenty seven goals in thirty one first in appearances this season. Apparently, we're interested in. They only want tw- uh, twelve and a half million quid for him. So it sounds like it could be a bit of a snip. Uh, Gabriel Barbosa, Championship Manager. Now, legend. should we talk um, about that? Yeah, let's let's talk about it because you know some reports are saying that um, he's, re- he's rejected this in the past, and Flamengo have rejected a loan bid for him. Um, it's now coming out that he actually wants to sign for us now, uh, but Flamengo don't don't want to let him go. Um, I just, it, I'd love to, I'd love to see him at West Ham. Would love to see him at West Ham, but I just wonder whether. Is he a David Moyes type player? I don't know. Does he does he fit in at West Ham under David Moyes? Now, now a little bit of an insight on this. So, a friend of mine um, broke the story last summer, I believe it was around the summertime. Didn't he? Actually, interviewed uh, Gabby Goal, and he spoke about lots of different things. And he spoke about having enjoyed how West Ham played last season. Yeah. Understandable. He's got two eyes in his head. Obviously, he enjoyed the way West Ham played last season. Who didn't? Um, and he spoke to him about that. He was very complimentary. It feels like he wants to move back to Europe. He's playing for Flamengo at the moment. Now, I don't know if you are aware of him, Jonesy. I'm sure you will be. But anyone listening who's aware of Tim Vickery, who's a South American football expert, a mm-hmm. journalist who lives out in he lives in Brazil, so he's definitely based over there. Uh, he's across lots of things. He writes columns for national newspapers. He's on Talk Sport fairly often. He's the man in the know for all things South American football. He's great to listen to um, and uh, a really nice bloke too. If you listen to him, I heard him speaking interestingly on the radio the other day, Jonesy, exactly what you said there about him being a David Moyes player. First of all, he's 25 already. He's tried it in Europe already. He was at Inter Milan and one other side, I can't remember. Um, but Inter Milan didn't really work out for him. And he was quite young then, granted. So he went back to Brazil with Flamengo. He's done brilliantly for them there. Won the Copa Libertadores with them last year, I believe it was. Uh, you know, he, he's doing really well. And he's just recently got a run in the Brazil squad. And... Uh, he didn't look, and again, I'm sort of parrot fashioning what Tim Vickery said here. Um, do go check him out if you want a little bit more detailed content. But he's effectively said that he didn't look like a Brazil striker, like an international standard striker. He said he often throws strops. He likes being the big fish in the small pond. Not the Flamengo are a small pond, but you know what I mean in terms mm-hmm. of like footballing quality. Um, and he said... He likes being the king of the castle. He, he throws strops when he gets subbed off, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He's one of those sorts of players. Is that really a David Moyes fit? No, it is not. 
No, it is not. Is that a, what David Moyes has been trying to build at West Ham? No, it is not. Now, I tweeted from the podcast account, actually, when that um, interview went out. Uh, I'll retweet it again, actually, shortly in case anyone wants to see it. Um, that I'd love to see him at the club. But that was last summer before I knew a little bit more about him. Um, and it smells. I as much as I've been banging the drum for another striker, and frankly, mate, if it was him or no one, yeah, I would take him, actually. I genuinely, I genuinely would. So but I wouldn't. Some, really? Yeah, I wouldn't. Now, oh. like, like you, like you, the, the, there was a time when I'd love to see him in Claret and Blue. Um, and if David Moyes wasn't the manager now, I probably would still want him at the club. But I think mm. what David Moyes has built at the club at the moment in terms of... Um, Work ethic, harmony in the dressing room. You know they're all they're all pals. They all work for each other. Um, yeah. He's worked so hard to get the squad and the football club into the state that it's in now, and yeah. the good health that it's in now, both on and off the pitch. Why would you bring someone in that could potentially completely undo all of that? Um, personally, me, I would rather if it's him or no one. I would go no one because at least then. All that hard work isn't undone just for the sake of a gamble and for sake of player coming and playing a backup. It means having to go the rest of the season without a backup striker. Yeah, but you know we've done that for the last almost eighteen months, mm. 12, 12 to eighteen months. There'd be no Bowen can play up front if he has to. Um, I just I'd rather not if he if there's the potential of Gabby Gold coming in and throwing a stop if he gets benched or. You know, or after two after two or three games, he hasn't got off the bench like Alex Crow hasn't done because Michael Antonio is banging him in. Is he going to throw a strop in training? No, like, I don't know. Like just little stories like that about his temperament and his and his personality makes me wonder whether I think I'd prefer to go go another six months without a backup striker, which is a shame because I would have loved to see him in Claret and Blue, but yeah, not now. I mean, I hope I hope that's not the conversation we like we need to have really I sort of threw that out there as a hypothetical I hope that's not the case that it's him on no one of course yeah um, of course yeah so I it, I remember at the time thinking he's got the he's got all the ingredients to become a proper cult hero but yeah. I also think mate and Vickery compared him to Philippe Anderson so as soon as he'd done that I'm like nah don't get him anywhere near our club. And he said, he actually said he's Philippe Anderson plus. So yeah, after I've heard that, he said he's very left footed, but mainly the, the sort of attitude side of it. So the more I think about it, no. And Josie, I just can't see that, that David Moyes is, he's not going to entertain that. Is he ultimately? Oh, definitely not. No, it's it's just, even before you, you learn of, you know, his, um, his personality and his, his temperament, he still doesn't scream David Moyes signing, does he? It's, it's no, not, no, not even a little bit. David Moyes doesn't go for 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 big name signings, and he would be a big name signing. Um, that's not his style at all. So, yeah, unfortunately, it's a no from me. Yeah, it's a no from me as well. Uh, you got anything else for us then, Jonesy? Uh, nothing that fresh. I did see a funny one. I did cover it on the Instagram page that I spoke about, but apparently mm. we're among a number of big elite European clubs looking at Naby Keita for the summer. Mm. Um, happily, it looks like we're not going to sign 
uh, a damage trial ray. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> a weird one is apparently we're we're interested in Anwar El Ghazi at Villa, which I find very. Mate, bizarre. I would have. I, I mean, I mean I'll take him, him, but I, I think he's I, actually all right. He's, he's not a bad player. Um, yeah, proper I, underrated. I'd, I'd have him at West Ham. You know, he's not. He, he does well for them. But he hasn't mm. played. Played. I don't think Steven Gerrard's a big fan. They've got about nine hundred wingers, so yeah, um, yeah. he's trying to trying to get a few off the books. So he's one we're looking at. Um, Cletter Carr still being linked at the back. Uh, Lloyd Kelly at Bournemouth, which screams David Moyes. That's a David Moyes signing. Lloyd Kelly, yeah, at Bournemouth. Yeah. Um, potentially, but. Um, yeah, other than that, it's it's the usual names. Divic Origi keeps popping up. Sven Botman. Yeah. Jonathan David's another interesting one as well. Uh the little little forward. Hmm. Apparently he's um apparently he's even he's, he's actually quite keen on coming as well, which which is interesting. But he'd be a very good sign. Well, uh one other transfer, James, and just to wrap it up, is uh Ben Campbell, former head of media at West Ham United, the part the club, just past the new year. Um, what a job that is for a man, by the way. It was just uh, worth saying, from certainly from me, from you as well, Josie, I'm sure. Just good luck to Ben. Uh, thanks for everything he's done um, in his time at the club. That job, mate, I can't think of many tougher jobs. He was there for, I think, uh, four to six years, something like that. Um, he was there for all the rough times, all the, you know, all the protests, all that sort of thing. Um, and I had a few crosswords with him at times. Uh, other times he was really helpful. Uh, I remember him taking the time out right at the beginning, a um, few years ago now, right at the beginning of sort of my time of getting to know him, took the time out, went and sat and had a coffee with me. Didn't have to do it completely off of his, like I asked him and took time out of his own day to have a coffee with me, speak to me about a few bits, help me out with some stuff. Um, and yeah, so I just wanted to as a transfer out of the club, West Ham in talks, as far as I understand, about a new head of media. I've got uh, someone standing in at the moment, the existing member of the team, but uh, yeah, good luck to, to Ben. I believe, uh, actually, no, I don't know if that's public knowledge or not, but um, he's got another, uh, another high profile job, very challenging indeed, but um, yeah, good luck and thanks to Ben Campbell, former head of media. At West Ham, Jonesy, there. That's it. I think we did all right there for a transfer section, you know. Yeah, nice and brief. Um, there was plenty more where that came from, though. We've got still got about three weeks left of this, so yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll do we'll do we'll do a very brief one every week, I think, just to keep people until we sign there. someone. Then we'll talk for ages about them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll wax lyrical about them unless it's a damage trial, right? Yeah, yeah, or Amaral Garzi. Yeah, yeah, or Gabby. Oh, yeah, exactly. There you go, mate. There you go. Right, that's transfer news done. Um, stay with us because next up we will have Darren from the LS11 podcast for the opposition view ahead of Sunday's FA Cup game with Leeds. <laughs> I'm thrilled to say that joining us for our first opposition view of 2022 is our friend, friend of the podcast. It's Darren from the LS11 channel. Darren, it's great to have you with us for the first one of 2022. Happy New Year, first of all. Um, Merry New Year. How was your break? And uh, Leeds giving you a a very nice Happy New Year gift indeed with a 3-1 win over Burnley on Sunday. 
well, I'm not saying thank God for COVID, but you know, I think <laughs> I think the, uh, the the rest uh, that Leeds have had over the festive period um, after a difficult run of games, it has to be said, was probably not bad timing. I think really. So yeah, um, how needed that three-one win against Burnley was. Um, I think you know because everybody talks about like a relegation six-pointer, and it's a bit of an old cliche, but I think it really was a six-pointer against Burnley. Mm. And Burnley are terrible. Yes. Um, so they, the, Lee's definitely had had to win that, and, yeah, just glad to start the new year off well. Um, if it will continue that way, well, we're going to be great friends with West Ham for the next uh, couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. We'll be sick of the sight of each other, that's for yeah. sure. The, um, as far as I went up to Turf Moor at the beginning of December, and, I mean, obviously, like you said, Burnley are terrible. Imagine how I felt going all that way to watch us draw nil-nil. Um, yeah. But I, I just, uh, it's one of those things, isn't it? When you get into a bit of a losing mindset, you'd conceded 14 goals in your previous three games, the 4-1 uh, <laughs> against Arsenal. Unlucky in the 3-2, you lost against Chelsea and obviously given a proper good 7-0 hiding by Man City. Um, is it, are those sort of games where, because I remember being in that position, I mean, we still do, especially when we play Man City, um, mm. you almost write them off. But I certainly remember being in that position where you're fighting towards that wrong end of the table. And there's so many games you just shrug and think, well, we're not going to get anything, so it doesn't really matter. But is the nature of the defeat more concerning? See, <clears throat> I don't know. I think there was a lot of Leeds fans that were pretty upset um, with uh, some of the performances uh, during those games and the amount of goals conceded and the, the fact that Bielsa was, you know, pretty much sort of like strong-minded in how he was going to set up his team and, you know, he'll play the Bielsa way. Uh, but I think realistically, when you look at those teams and you just sort of think, I think a lot of fans would have just been happy to get like a point out of, the, <laughs> out of those games if possible. And mm. there was a chance on a couple of them, maybe the Arsenal one was probably the uh, the one that was, uh, you know, most most fans thought they might get something out of. Of course, the Liverpool game got cancelled, so we we didn't have to go through that one. But maybe um, uh, playing Liverpool a little bit later on in the season now looks like the uh, the title's gone for them. Um, mm. Might not be a, a bad thing. But yeah, look, it was. I think we always thought that that festive period was going to be really, really tough. As soon as you saw it at the beginning of the season, you just knew that was going to be a real, real tough ask. And um, to come out of it um, and uh, now start winning with that game against Burnley. And as I said, right at the start, probably the the, the break, the enforced break is probably came as a, a good time for Leeds because, you know, a lot of teams would be, sort of blaming injuries and COVID and this, that and the other for a lot of things. But Leeds have got a massive amount of injuries to some really key players and a very thin squad anyway at the beginning because Bielsa doesn't like uh, a massive amount of uh, squad players. He likes to keep his squads really quite thin. So mm. when you lose out on key players uh, like Bamford, who came back, scored, celebrated, pulled his hamstring um, uh, in the celebrations. I mean, you can't write it. And then Calvin Phillips, you know, is, is, you know, everything ticks around Calvin Phillips. So you lose players like that. And, you know, uh, still we're, we're without defenders. Liam Cooper's now out. He's not going to be back till probably March. Phillips is not going to be back till March. Um, these are, these are big players for, for Leeds United. And, 
the you can't replace Karen Phillips, so you know you've no. got to sort of work around it somehow. So with all the when all the clamour, not clamour, the usual noise when the team isn't doing very well. Although Sean Dyche seems to be escaping at the moment, but mm. uh, Bielsa was the, for the first time really. It seemed there was is his time up? Is it time to move him on? Etc. Not from Leeds fans. I will I will grant you that. Uh, but is there sort of an understanding? Is that why perhaps there was, wasn't much clamour from Leeds fans because you've been so unfortunate with injuries? Or as we see at West Ham, Moyes has a similar approach squad-wise, but we've we've been undone by it, which I, I'm not really, I don't really like that idea of, I appreciate it's harder to keep people happy the more players you've got, but we're getting undone by it now. We've lost Ogbonna and Zuma, Antonio goes, and then we look like a shadow of our former team. It, what, what, what's the mindset among Leeds fans towards Bielsa, uh, the squad and, and you know, the, the numbers you've got in the team? I think you're always going to have a minority of what I like to call idiots um, <laughs> that forget what Bielsa took over and where, where he's taken Leeds United to. Because, you know, uh, without him, there's no way Leeds would have been in the position they are now. So, yeah, look, we, I think there was always going to become a point where Leeds were going to struggle. And the majority of Leeds fans are like, look, in Bielsa we trust. Um, mm. Everything will be okay. The amount of injuries that they've got, any team would have. And the teams they were coming up against, any team would have like massive issues with it. Mm. I just think it gave the media and talk, talk, in, talk sport and uh, phone-in shows galore um, the, the time that they wanted, which was to uh, effectively slag off Marcelo Bielsa because I definitely really understood anything. And, you know, it's, and it was all the usual suspects as ever. Um, mm. came out and had a real pop at Leeds saying, oh, his time's up, he's got to go, he's got to go. But that was never going to happen. Bielsa no. will go when Bielsa wants to go. Until yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's got carte blanche to stay at Leeds United as long as he wants, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was nice, I thought I saw that um, video only this morning, I saw actually, the one of him celebrating after the Burnley win. And that was, <laughs> he seemed... Really, you know, he just seemed absolutely delighted. And it's not, I don't know, I, I think it's easy for fans of other teams to not like him, I think. And I think it's mainly yeah. to do with the post-match interviews. You don't get anything out of him. No one really gets to know him, good or bad. And and I, and I he's not that animated on the touchline. So therefore, people, you know, they're not, neutral fans aren't that bothered. But yeah, that was the first sort of, or one of few glimpses of proper, passion that we've we've seen from him that as neutrals i think you're right and you know I, my co-host ryan the one thing he's always ever wanted is a hug from bielsa and then COVID hit, so that was never going to happen um but uh you saw that hug on the uh the sideline after the third goal went in and uh you you could see then straight away you know he's not here for for, for nothing he's here because mm. he absolutely loves it he leads a very sheltered life he's not sort yeah, of yeah. Like, i am i am he lives in a little flat above a uh, a shop in weatherby um yeah. does it you know walks down to costa with his stuff in a morrison's carrier bag um he's not your archetypal premier league manager at all mm. and i think i think that's why people sort of love him and ultimately like you say don't really understand him uh, and sort of uh, get a little bit fearful about what sort of things he's uh, he's up for. And I, you know, he he's a very intelligent man. He speaks a lot more English than, uh, oh, of course, yeah, of course, 
And I think the media don't like that because, like you say, they don't get a lot out of him. So immediately the knives will come out um, if do, they're not getting what they want. I do think, though, Darren, and and I always, I've always thought this: is it when people go, oh, the media don't like it. Ultimately, Sky et al. They that like they're paying these people's wages, right? So I do honestly, I've always been a believer that players or managers. I don't want to say owe oh, the fans because I think that's a little bit strong, but I think there is a, it's on them. I think it's one of their job responsibilities to give a, particularly the broadcasters, which they're only paying the money because the fans cough up the subscriptions for Sky every month or yeah. wherever, BT Sport, or whatever. I honestly, I've always been a believer that they should come out and, and give and talk after the game. I appreciate media training. That's all fine. Sometimes you get some good stuff. Sometimes they're really boring. That's fine. But I, I do think there's a line that uh, where of like unacceptable amount of media stuff, which I think I, of my opinion, Bielsa dances very close to. Yeah. And look, he, I think he's quite shrewd in the way that he's sort of like set himself up. Um, uh, uh, but also I sort of think he sort of like protects the team quite a lot by being able to sort of like uh, create that sort of like facade. I think that's, uh, uh, quite a, a key. I think it's interesting as well in the last like couple of years, it's sort of like as well, um, players have had to come out and do sort of like post-match, which would never used to really happen apart from say the winning team. Uh, right. You sort of just like put a player up who had I don't know scored the winning goal or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd always see those, but this last couple of years, since sort of like uh, um, COVID times, mm. um, it does seem that like even on the losing side, players are put up, and we've seen, and I, I think that's been really, really interesting. I think we get more out of that than we have done out of listening to managers because managers sort of know what they're going to say. Um, mm. Before that, they're all sort of very trained. But then occasionally, you chuck a player in that's uh, just on the back of a hiding, and then they put a player in front of the camera. Quite quite often, their emotions come through. I mean, picking one out would have been David De Gea um, uh, a fair few for, for weeks back. And, you know, th- those sort of interviews, I think... Well, Luke Shaw today as well, isn't it? There you uh, go. We're, we're recording on the 4th, just the night after Man U have lost at home to Wolves. And on the back page of all the papers, I think the Telegraph ran with... Shaw's quotes, and he's saying that they lack motivation, and all, and it's the talk of the football sphere today, isn't it? So yeah, I, I know what you mean. But with that, and I, I'm not necessarily one for that. I, I, I like football for the football, but not yeah. everyone's like that. Some people like it for the soap opera and the show, and that's totally fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like it for the football, and I like hearing from players and managers afterwards who have been involved. And when Bielsa comes on, I'm like, mute, channel hop, do something yeah. else. But well, yeah, I know what you mean. Job. He's done his job. Yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Fair, his right. translator's become a bit of a star up here anyway. I know, he's a celebrity of his own. Yeah, what's his <laughs> name? Do you know? I can't remember his name now, but he's, he's gone through a couple and both of them have, were, uh, have become uh, quite uh, quite a bit of a star. But yeah. he sort of pulls up the translator on occasions because he knows what the translator is saying. So he'll pick him out and say, nope, didn't yeah. say that. You've got to say yeah, this. Darren, we'll talk about the, um, like you said, two visits to London Stadium in the space of seven days for your team. Yeah. First of all, this Sunday in the FA Cup third round, uh, followed by Sunday the 16th of January. 
Uh, we just want to focus on the FA Cup game. Yeah. This one this week's show, if that's all right, because otherwise what content will we pump out for the way I say something for next week? Exactly, we? mate. You've got to hold it back. Embargoed content. Um, yeah, so uh, Sunday, 2 o'clock at the London Stadium, West Ham v Leeds in the FA Cup third round. <laughs> First of all, what, were your rea- what was your reaction when uh, the draw was made? I think the first reaction was, what? Not Arsenal. Um, because, uh, <laughs> that seems to be what happens. And as the draw was happening, Arsenal was still in there. Arsenal yeah, they in were. In. Yeah, it's, it's going to be Leeds-Arsenal again. And they'll be knocked out. And then, lo and behold, it's London and we're at West Ham. Um, so I, th- I think I think Leeds would have... It would have been nice to have, I don't know, even just like... I think at that point in the draw, there was still like Rotherham were probably yeah, still yeah. in the draw at that point. Yeah. I, I sort of think... That that might have been nicer, little Yorkshire derby and uh, Rotherham going to Ellen Road. That would have been lovely. And I thought I always get disappointed. I know the, the broadcasters love it when there's a all Premier League I don't fixtures. Know why though? But I just sort of think, well, like like us, we're going to see that next weekend. Yeah. And yeah. I just sort of think, as much as you know, it's two massive names in football history in the FA Cup, uh, Romance of the Cup. Oh, jumpers of a goalpost. But I just sort of think. You know, I I would have liked to have seen maybe a lower league team going to Ellen Road, and um, because um, not that I don't think that uh, you know Leeds may be able to get something out of this on on Sunday, but you know when you're up against another Premier League team, you just sort of think, you know, this is sort of week in week out bread and butter stuff. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know, I, 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 underwhelming. So I, I, I don't, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Not that it's like, you know, not lovely to go to London and go to a fantastic stadium like that. But I just sort of think, you know, and when you get to the FA Cup, you want to be playing the Histons. Well, you don't want to yeah. play. You don't want to play the Histons. You don't. Uh, Leeds, <laughs> Leeds definitely don't. Uh, but you want to be playing some of the lower league teams. And that's, that's what's so great about it. Playing, a, you know, another Premier League team it was, yeah, maybe it just, yeah, like you say, underwhelming. No, Darren, I'm totally with you. Yeah, I, I was exactly the same. I was the same as you. Just we've, we've been absolutely in the League Cup. We got Manchester United away, Manchester City at home, and Tottenham away. I mean, what on earth is that? And then, yeah, same with four four draws we've had for the cups this season, a Premier League one in team in every single one. And you're totally right about the FA Cup. It's nice having a. I mean, sometimes it can be. Oh God. This smells because when we lose to Oxford United, then people remember it forever, and it's really embarrassing. Blah blah blah. But yeah, I'm with you. I was, I was, I always like. I don't know about you. I always like getting away draws as well because you get a big old, big old ticket allocation, and uh, yeah, it's normally a really, really good atmosphere. I always like going to perhaps a lower league ground. Or even if it does have to be a Prem game, just like a big stadium. We've done Old Trafford before and you get like, you know, nearly 9,000 West Ham fans here. Yeah, absolutely yeah, exactly. brilliant. Um, but yeah, so Leeds at home, I was a bit like, oh God, because we could easily lose that game. So then you haven't got an exciting exactly, time yeah. and we could easily go out the competition. Uh, what talk to yeah. me about then, you mentioned injuries and stuff. Um, <laughs> where will, how will Leeds prioritise the FA Cup this season? And what's uh, what do you expect sort of from a team news selection point of view? Uh, I don't know if he'll be resting players because I don't think there's any players that he can <laughs> Realistically, rest. I I think well, they'll probably dip into some of the under twenty threes. I think you might be a you might see sort of Joe Gelhart start, um, yeah. which is not a bad thing um, because he's 
awesome. Uh, so I, I think they they may uh, see a few more of the uh, the uh, young academy players on the bench. Maybe um, if anybody's holding any knocks, I don't know any uh, new ones uh, just yet. But certainly there's going to be no Phillips. There's there going to be no Cooper, no Bamford. I would imagine as well. Um, so uh, there's there's almost a spine of a team that's that's gone. Um, as for any others, I don't know any other new knocks that were picked up uh, uh, during the Burnley game. But yeah, you could see some of the youngsters uh, on the bench, um, and you know that's you know maybe that's a, a good thing because you know like you say we're going to be playing each other again w- <laughs> within a week. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he sort of sets up for this. And I suppose when you see that sort of like team line up on Sunday, you'll know how uh, how much uh, Marcelo Bielsa is thinking about the FA Cup or is he more thinking about the league, really? Um, mm. I'm sure he wants to win every single game, but uh, if it's a choice between a run in the FA Cup or Premier League staying up, staying up then you've got to choose Premier League staying up, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it's an intriguing one. Where we've, we're still in the Europa League, obviously, um, and the like, going pretty well in the Prem as well, but the just the injuries are, um, are really sort of getting to us. We need to reinforce this month. I haven't got any confidence that we will, which is annoying. Uh, and I think David Moyes will take a similar approach to this. I think uh, you can sense among the fans uh, a sort of feeling of apathy towards it. I think we were proud of our run in the League Cup, beating uh, Man United away for the first time in 15 years, beating yeah. Man City in the competition that they hadn't lost in for five years. Uh, and then we, you know, the Tottenham away game, losing by the odd goal was a bit of a disappointed way to go out. But everyone was pretty proud of the performances we put in. So it's almost like we're still in the Europa League knockout stages. Everyone wants to, that's what everyone's focus for the season is. I think if we lost a 1-0 at home to Leeds, I think you'd have the usual immediate aftermath, but secretly people would be going away going, well, yeah. you know, this yeah. season is not about what we do in the Cup. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Darren, uh, you're famed on this podcast and yours, no doubt, for your um, on-the-nose score predictions. Um, mm. Not at all ridiculous in any way, no. shape or form. No. <laughs> so, uh, Sunday, 2pm, West Ham United versus Leeds, two football stalwarts historically, going head-to-head in the third round of the FA Cup. <laughs> what is the score going to be? <sighs> is there any replays in the third round or is this going straight to penalties now or extra? No, penalties? don't. Don't put me on the spot, Darren. I should know I, that. I, think, but. I don't think that. Yeah, because I'm sure I've read something that they were knocking off um, replays. I think there's no replay, so I'm going to go draw. Right. I'm going to go draw, and I'm going to say it's going to be uh, two all. Uh, two all. That's in, the most sensible uh, score prediction you've ever given on this podcast. But penalties then will go to sudden death, and it'll yep. be thirty penalties to twenty nine in favour of Leeds. <laughs> In favour of Leeds, right. Right, here you go. Um, The FA released a statement. This is from the 21st of December. The FA released a statement on Monday which said we can confirm that replays have been removed in both the third and fourth rounds of the 21-22 Emirates FA Cup. There we go then. But they will, replays will return from the fourth round um, onwards. Uh, Oh, hang on. From the fourth round of the 2022-23 season. Right, so... Yeah, we look like we're replay-free this year. But um, yeah, yeah, that was that was just a nice bit of um, bizarre prediction from you, as as we always we like. No uh, I'm going to say that 
oh, I don't know. I it's one of those. I'm going. I had a choice because of my work schedule between going to the FA Cup game and the Premier League game. I thought, well, I like. I want to go to one FA Cup game uh, every season. So if we get, we might get knocked out. So I'll pick yeah. the FA Cup game. Uh, my mate's bringing his little boy as well, so it'll be a nice day out for oh, nice. any Premier League football. So we'll do that. So I do still want us to win the game. I don't think it's going to be that pretty. I think we're going to have a pretty thin squad as well. So I'm going to go uh, 1-0 to West Ham, but a proper grim, turgid game that you forget almost immediately. <laughs> but look, Darren, oh, it's... The romance of the cup. Exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Darren, it's been brilliant You're back um, having you back on the We Are West Ham podcast. No and we always appreciate you giving us your time. Darren from the LS11 there chatting ahead of that FA Cup game on Sunday. <laughs> So, Jonesy, Darren from the LS11 there. Bit of a wacky prediction, as he always does, to be fair. Um, draw in the game and leads to win 30-29 on penalties. Uh, <laughs> quite um, quite accurate, Darren. There, but Darren is brilliant. Uh, he's been on the show a few times now. We do the reciprocal interviews for his on the LS11, which are good fun. So if you fancy hearing it was me this time round, if you fancy hearing what I had to say on all things West Ham leads ahead of that game, head on over to Darren's channel. Uh, Josie, I did my just me who chatted with with Darren in the week. Um, so although I did delay the podcast uh, by by days, uh, I did actually do do an interview on my own. So I've, hopefully, I've uh, I've been forgiven. Um, I got score predictions there. I I just fancy we'll we'll grub it by one 0 I'm going um, on the weekend, Jonesy. I told Darren this, but didn't tell you. So I had a choice with my work schedule. FA Cup game or the Premier League game. Chose the FA Cup game. My friend and his little boy, who I've mentioned before, they're going. It's going to be his, uh, the little boy's third ever West Ham game. They're going. Seats near ours. I was like, yeah, no brainer. Uh, and the main reason for it, Leeds, I know they're not playing very well, but we could easily lose. And that would probably mean then I don't get to watch any FA Cup football this year. Certainly not West Ham in the FA Cup. So I punted for that one. Going to the football this weekend, working next. Um, good decision or bad? Good decision. Yeah? Yeah, good decision, mate. Uh, for football reasons or just general? Bit of both. Not, Bit of both, obviously. Yeah. You know, football, I mean, FA Cup's always good, isn't it? Mm. Um, and the fact there's no replays in this yes. round means that yeah. you know it needs to be done on the day which might yeah. change the dynamic a little bit of the game yeah make it a bit more exciting um i definitely hope it's not a 30 29 penalty shootout though to be fair yeah. that'd, be, that'd be painful but not good but yeah yeah i think you make the right decision mate and then gammy your mate and his little boy i mean you've already spoken about that on previous podcasts and now yeah yeah how great that is and yeah definitely mate right right choice cool cool i'll be there on sunday you going I'm going, uh, going with my brother, maybe a couple of mates as well. I don't know whether they've all got tickets, uh, but I know me and my brother got tickets. I'm meeting a mate as well from work who's a Leeds fan. He's travelling mm. down. He's going to meet him for a beer. So, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it, actually. Lovely, mate. Lovely. Um, so, what's your score prediction before we say goodbye for that game? I've said we'll win by grubby 1-0 and it will be an instant forgettable game. But uh, obviously, going to be probably two B teams playing against each other. Leeds are ravaged with injuries. Yeah. Um, saying to Darren, we're in very similar positions. So, yeah, what, what do you think score wise? I'm going to go 2 1. Um, 
two, yeah, I think. I think it will be two B teams. Uh, but the trouble is, our B team is very close to our first team because they're playing not every other they're week, the same players, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Good <laughs> squad. Um, so you'd think that you know we'd probably have the stronger team on the day, but I still don't see us keeping a clean sheet with the defense we've got. Hmm. Um, so yeah, 2 1. Yep, yeah, fair enough, mate. Fair enough. I like it. Well, look, Jonesy, first podcast of the new year. Um, I think it's all right. It's probably slightly longer than uh, shorter, excuse me, than people are used to. Uh, no West Ham women this week. They're still on their break. Their first game is the 16th of January. I believe uh, it's a bit of an extended one for them. So we'll be back with the We Are West Ham. Uh, sorry, no, the West Ham women coverage. Um, next week, I think that will be before that game. I don't have the days for yet. It'll be next week or the week after for the West Ham women. Uh, so slightly shorter than usual this week, but I think overall it's still going to be about an hour and a half. So hopefully you don't feel like we're short change you too much. Uh, apologies for the slight delay in getting this out. But as James has said, every Monday for the rest of the month we're recording. So I'll be with you late Monday night. UK time slash Tuesday morning when you wake up. Jonesy, uh, the first final thoughts of the year, shall we? Um, we'll go to you first. Bit of general stuff. Uh, and I didn't ask you actually before, mate, your New Year's resolution. So as it's the first podcast of the new year, have you got any resolutions of your own? And what would you like to see from West Ham United in 2022 off the back of what we both admitted was the best calendar year we've seen from West Ham in our lifetime? Well, firstly, my, I always set myself the same New Year's resolution every year, um, and that's just to be better at everything. Um, the more I, I hear about that, the less I like it. Yeah, it's, it's just like years ago, I go, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the gym more, or I'm going to eat less mm. chocolate, or... Oh, Something these, achievable, you mean? Yeah, so all these <laughs> things where it's like, well, like, yeah, I might do that for like a day and then my mate will call me up and go, like, oh, I just want to go to the do pub. Do you want to not go to the gym and have a yeah, day of milk? <laughs> yeah, like, I just want to go to the pub and then suddenly you're, like, I'm not going to the gym because I'm, I'm drinking too much and I just can't bother and I'm eating chocolate. I'm Knees room, deep like, in fruit and like, that. What, what's the point? So like, I just, I'm not that on the head years ago and now it's just, I just strive to be better at everything. And um, yeah, I think you commented on my, my Instagram post because I admitted that for the first time in years, I don't think I've I'd done enough to be better last year at a number of things. All right. Now, um, was that as serious as it sounded? Because I didn't know of you being like deliberately ironic. And I was like, if so, that's funny. Yeah, <laughs> no, I was, I was, I was also serious. I, I was yeah. also quite pleased that I've featured in quite a lot of your big achievements of 2021 as well. I was very proud. Well, weirdly, when I did that collage, um, you didn't feature Nelly. And I thought, oh, like, you have been a big part of my 2021, mate. So I better put you in. <laughs> Um, but you know, it was a completely ser very serious post. I, you know, I'm, I'm quite big on reflection and mindset and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. And, um, and accountability. And uh, yeah, so I thought, got to keep accountable. I'll admit yeah. it in public. And um, yeah, so this year I, I strive to be better, and I strive to achieve to be better as well. Right. Uh, okay, sounds, I'll tell you what, then. sounds really, really mushy. There but, is a word for right. it. But it's a sweary yeah. word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Knobby, yeah. I think that's not knobby's. Knobby's a soft wave. Yeah, yeah, what yeah, I really want to yeah. say, yeah, but um, yeah, cool. it does sound really knobby, but that's just me. Ah, that's knobby. right, yeah, you are yeah. a knob. No, right, and so providing it's not too deep, if it is, just do the next sign at me and I'll edit it out. Uh, when so 
Well, how does one look back and say, when you said you didn't, or what was it that you, you had that to admit yourself you weren't better or something like that? Like, Just when, when I say better at everything, it's, it's almost like <laughs> it seems like quite a lot to ask of oneself. Yeah, it's, it's not like I'm not talking about like better at waking up in the morning or or better at walking down the road without bumping into people or something like, you know, it's not like silly things like that. It's more like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not like, yeah, running people over in Tesco's yeah, like, with a trolley. Oh, God, we better at putting my socks on in the morning. Like, no, it's nothing <laughs> yeah, like so that. So inefficient. It's, it's more like, um, more like at work, being more focused at work, being more productive, you know, trying to achieve things at work. Um, better at my side hustles. Obviously we've got this, um, we've got, I've got my new website, which I've which I've built and launched over the new year. Um, be better at being a parent. Be better at being a husband. Um, just general things like that. Um, better at saving money, which should mm. do more. Should do better of. Um, better at not going to the pub as often. Um, or better at going to the pub. Or better at going to the pub, depending on which mood I'm in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just just, when you do just, it, do it well. Yeah. Just things like that. And last year, I felt that um, and my. Mostly, it was related to work. I think really, where I probably didn't do as as, as well as I probably know I'm capable of. Yeah, there we go. It's all about balance, isn't it, mate? You're an outstanding mate and podcast co-host. So, you know, swings around about. And if your work in performance improves this year, but that leads to a slack in your podcast slash friend abilities, I'm going to let you know about it, mate. We'll do, and then next year it can just be just be average at everything. Yeah, right. That's that's basically my average. mantra. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just be average at everything, and that way I don't let anyone down. Yeah, I'm just like, just chill, just have balance. Try and do everything a little bit all right. Nothing too badly, nothing too well. Yes, happy days. Just cruise through somewhere in the middle. No, I'm with you, man. With you. I'm from West Ham for 2022. What are you saying? More of the same. Um, I think a lot of it rests on what we do this January uh, in terms of what we achieve the second half of this season but if we can get anywhere close to what we did in 2021 from a calendar year point of view then I'll be a happy man you know yeah. we've got we've gone into the year in fifth fifth in the league if we end it in the top six um or there or thereabouts then I think we can look back on 2022 and say it's pretty happy pretty pretty good so um yeah just more of the same for me just don't want to see us slip back into same old West Ham yeah, yeah. Well, we've got some potentially historic occasions coming up in the Europa League, haven't we? I yeah. Just imagine. Just imagine. Yeah, that'd be good. Mate, yeah. what's your what's your New Year's resolution while we're here? Uh, New Year's re- this year, honestly, it's just to enjoy myself and relax a bit. Well, not a bit more. The last two years have been pretty intense and aggy, haven't they? Uh, just generally, the world has been like that with COVID and all that sort of thing. Uh, I'm sort of getting the sense that that's, I know there's a lot more cases and stuff, but I feel like we're all sort of adjusting a little bit more and getting used to, I know, I know, I know we're not there yet. And I know some people are still struggling with it. So I don't want to undermine anyone who's, who's going through some stuff with it at the moment. Um, but I feel like as a society, we're learning to adjust and live with it a bit more, which I think is going to have to happen. Like it's not going away. Is it completely? Mm-hmm. Um, the next however many years is going to be living alongside COVID, not, you know, we go back to normal when it's gone. That's not really going to happen. Um, so I feel that. And bought a flat last year. That was, I tend to just do one sort of loose, big goal. So which gives my life overall some structure. 
um, but enables me not to get bogged down and dep- like miserable about what I haven't done every day and enables me to be a bit more present, enjoy the little things, just having good people around me and all that sort of stuff. I was not very good at that for a long part of my life. Uh, but yeah, last year it was, I sort of had the buying a flat in, in my eye line. I managed to do that in November. And with that, it was a bit of a long, aggravating, stressful process. So a lot of my mind, my mental time, my thinking time was taken up by that last year. Um, yeah, it was a long drawn out process, uh, two or three places fall through, etc., etc. So for a lot of last year, I was quite stressed and worried which isn't a state I like to exist in. So, but, and what I'm keen to do, the place we've moved in now, absolutely love it. Really happy here, blah, blah, blah. I just want to enjoy that for a bit. I don't want Mm. to just be one of those people who moves on to the next thing I've got to worry about. I don't want to always have something I've got to worry about. I like my job. I've got some good friends. I'm lucky to have that. My family are all healthy and well and um, good people. I enjoy their company as well. So yeah, this year, mate, nothing, I'm nothing big. I'm sort of happy with my lot. I'm just going to see what life throws at me and try and enjoy a bit of it on the way. My football team are as best as they've ever been. You know, yeah, just just try and be a bit more present and uh, and just sort of relax and enjoy it for this year. Life will throw some stuff at me, no doubt, along the way. And there'll be other big things to worry about, focus on the things I want to do professionally or personally or whatever. But at the moment, I'm pretty content. Um, so. Yeah, just wanna just wanna sort of soak that in and enjoy that feeling a bit. Life won't always be like it, will it? Um, so yeah, that's it. West Ham United, mate. The Europa League campaign. I just can't wait. I almost the Premier League's nice, and obviously you want to do well in the league. I just can't wait for that, mate. I can't wait for the draw. Mm. I can't wait to find out who we're gonna get. I can't wait for a two-legged tie against a European giant at the London Stadium, and if we can go to the away games as well to sort of replace the Austria trip we weren't able to go on mate all of those things I'm absolutely gagging for that this could be the historic for our club um and then yeah I think on the other side of it this time next year someone asked me today was the Declan Rice question I am a little bit for the first time worried whether or not we'll have Declan Rice on our books this time on the 6th of January 2023 but I don't want to get bogged down in that, really. Just enjoy them while we've got it. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Europa League. And then hopefully, even if we do sell him in the summer, it's likely to be. It's not going to be this month, is it? If we sell him in the summer, we're going to get some serious cash. It will be the biggest transfer fee West Ham have ever received, whatever happens. And with that, who knows? The, the club could just sort of reinforce the status um the the sort of position we're in at the moment, a bit like Tottenham did with the the Bale and the Modric money, um, it sort of enables you to solidify your place in that that mm-hmm. sort of new echelon that we're operating in at the moment. So yeah, just first of all, mate. Again, whatever will come in the summer and whatever will come, but first of all, this we could be halfway through the best season in West Ham's history, and it could be historic. So yeah, looking forward to the remainder of the Europa League and. Not really bothered if we finish in the top half and get to the semis, maybe, and get a mammoth. If we play Barcelona home and away over two legs, I'll I'll die a happy man. Then I think <laughs> I'll just never have any New Year's resolutions again. That would be absolutely quality. Uh, Jonesy, brilliant show tonight. Good to be back, mate. Uh, great to see you again and have a chat. 
Uh, I'll see you again in a few days, Thursday night now. See you on Monday for another one. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod. Facebook, we're on we are West Ham Podcast. YouTube channel, which Jonesy's done a brilliant job of growing this season, is at we are West Ham Podcast as well. Subscribe to the pod on whatever platform. If you haven't already, give us five stars, write a review. And more importantly, tell your friends about us. West Ham United are fifth in the Premier League. The Europa League knockout stages are coming up. We're in the third round of the FA Cup with Leeds United at home on Sunday. 2022 is looking pretty decent indeed. Thanks for listening, everyone. We hope you stick with us for the rest of this year. Up the hammers. West Ham are, have been and always will be massive. And we'll see you next week. This week's episode was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win two hospitality tickets to West Ham's Premier League game against Leeds at the London Stadium on January the 16th. Tickets are just £9.95 each and only 39 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Monday the 10th of January and the winner will be drawn an hour later live on Facebook. There's been some fantastic pieces of signed memorabilia from Tony Cotty, Syed Benrahma, Jared Bain, Vladimir Sufel and Paolo Di Canio up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.